on a 30-day furlough and was about to be decorated by the president himself. But she was still edgy after the scene at Grand Central, the crowds of people, the masses of uniformed men, the noise and confusion, and the lack of porters. Her mind, escaping the war, ranged over what had been done and what there was to do. The three servants, all they had left, and all women, were finishing the Park Avenue apartment, sprinkling the carpets with moth flakes and covering the lampshades against the city soot. Carol herself had worked feverishly. With no men to be had, she had taken down the heavy hangings and done the meticulous packing away, which had always preceded the summer hedgera, and as if Mrs. Spencer had read her mind, she opened her eyes and spoke. "'Did you ship the motor rugs?' she demanded. "'Yes, they're all right.' and my furs went to storage. You know they did, Mother. I gave you the receipt. What about Gregory's clothes? He'll be in uniform, you know. He had left some slacks and sweaters at Crestview. I saw them last year. The conversation lapsed. Mrs. Spencer dozed, her mouth slightly open, and Carol fought again the uneasiness she had felt ever since the plan had been broached. It had, of course, to do with Colonel Richardson— even after more than a year, he had never accepted Don's death. It was not normal, of course. All last summer he had come up the hill to see her and to sit watching her with anxious eyes. Don will have my cottage some day, Carol. You'll find it very comfortable. I've put in a new oil burner. She put the thought away and began going over what was to be done. This was Thursday, June 15th. She was to stay at Eleanor's in Newport until Sunday. Then, leaving her mother there for a few days, she would meet the three servants in Boston on Sunday and take the night train to Maine. Nothing would be ready, of course. The plan had been too sudden. She had wired Lucy Norton, the caretaker's wife, to drive over and open the house for them. But the place was large. Unless Lucy could get help, she knew that was improbable and abandoned the idea. The grounds, too, would be hopeless. Only George Smith remained of the gardeners, and as they had not meant to open the house, he would hardly have had time to cut the grass. The usual problems buzzed through her head. George had always refused to care for the coal furnace or carry coal to the enormous kitchen range. Maybe Maggie would do this herself. She had been with them as cook for twenty years, and she was strong and willing— but the other two were young. She wondered if she could take them to the movies in the village now and then, and so keep them. Only there would be little or no gasoline. She sighed. The train went on. It was crowded, and it was hot. A boiling June sun shone through the windows, setting men to mopping their faces and giving to all the passengers a look of resignation that was almost despair. The only cheerful people were the men in uniform— roaming through the car on mysterious errands of their own and eyeing Carol as they did so. She tried not to think about them and what they were facing. She went back determinedly to Bayside and the situation there. The heat had started early, so at least a part of the summer colony would have arrived. There had been no time to announce their coming, so she would have a day or two at least. But Colonel Richardson would know. He lived at the bottom of their hill and he was always in his garden or sitting patiently on his porch, watching for the postman.
She felt a little sick when she remembered that. All last summer, and the colonel saying, When Don comes back, or Don likes the peonies, so I'm keeping them. Puttering around his garden with a determined smile and haggard eyes, and Carol's heart aching for him rather than for Don. For most of the pain had gone now, although she still wore Don's ring. They had been engaged since she was eighteen and he was twenty, but he had no money, so they had simply waited. Now he was gone. He had crashed in the South Pacific. There was no question about that. The other men of his squadron had seen his fighter go down, and his death had been officially recognized. Mrs. Spencer opened her eyes. I left the Lowestoft tea set at Crestview, didn't I? she inquired. Yes, mother, you were afraid to have it shipped. It's in the pantry.